Ah, what is up? We are back. It's good to see all of you. It has been way too long. Welcome to Football Life Presents the Audible. I am your host, Randy Hammond. It is just so good to be back for a brief hiatus since Super Bowl 56. Me and Matt Bushnell are back. Episode 98. Matt, it is good to see your face. How the hell are you? Likewise, Randy. You know, it's another day in paradise. I think we're going to get up to 73 degrees today. It's been, it's been cold here, but I'm looking towards the 80s coming up. So, look, I understand why people like March. <laughs> they like college basketball. They're Irish. I'm Irish. I get it. Uh, but March sucks <laughs> when you live in the yeah. Northeast weather wise uh, because we got a solid three inches of snow last night and today it's gone because it's like back up to 55 degrees. So, the weather's very bipolar, but um, hopefully that's temporary. You set the clocks uh, forward this weekend. So a lot of changes going on. Um, but, you know, March Madness is here. Hopefully we get baseball. There's rumors that's coming soon. But we get big NFL news this week yes. and free agency starting next week. So that's why we got to pop on and start talking about some foosball, Matt Bushel. But before we do, episode 98. And as you pointed out in the pre-show meeting, not a single Hall of Famer wears 98 yet who you got taking robert mathis to me slam dunk hall of famer great colt defensive end sacked a lot of quarterbacks in his day and i mm-hmm. believe he won a super bowl as well so i believe he was on that colts team yeah so uh number 98 i mean i think of robert mathis too um obviously him and dwight freeney were really good on that colts defensive line uh bob sanders i mean that colts defense was way better than people give them credit for obviously peyton and the offense take the headlines but that colts defense was really good uh at their peak uh, i'm gonna go jesse armstead the former linebacker edge pass rusher for the giants uh growing up the giants had two great defensive players it was michael strahan and jesse armstead uh his career obviously wasn't as long and he wasn't as great as michael strahan but he was definitely that duo there with uh strahan when i was a kid in the, in the mid 90s there for the giants so number 98 uh jesse armstead i'll never forget that okay matt bushnell man man oh man it's been quiet you know the nfl you could use some some combine stuff some draft preparations and then bang week before free agency <laughs> stuff starts to happen and boy oh boy quarterbacks quarterbacks are on the move yeah Let's start with the most recent one. And, hey, we got a new name to talk about because we haven't talked about it. The Washington Commanders, uh, no longer the Washington football team, the Washington Commanders have a new quarterback. I love Taylor Heineke, I do. Um, But now they have Carson, the commie himself, Carson (laughs) Wentz, traded to the Washington Commanders from the Indianapolis Colts. Um, This deal now includes two third-round picks uh, in 2022 and 2023, heading to the Colts in exchange for Wentz's one-year salary uh, which i believe is 28 million dollars so look i'm not the biggest wentz guy obviously the colts were not the biggest wentz guy either um they are willing to continue to turn this wheel of quarterbacks it seems every year in exchange to get rid of him and you saw down the stretch uh especially the last two weeks wentz did not play well and it's why one of the main reasons why the colts didn't make the postseason and for washington they obviously felt like they were a quarterback away. We'll get to the guy who they wanted, who got traded the day before. Um, I certainly think Wentz is an upgrade over Heineke, um, but I don't think Wentz is the guy who's going to get you over the top. But in a weak NFC, uh, he could make it. He could get you to the playoffs. So we'll see about that. Matt, I want to get your thoughts on this trade. Uh, Carson Wentz back in the NFC East. Yeah, to me, I, I heard a couple of different things with the trade. Um, in 2023, I heard that third rounder could be a second rounder if right. he plays 70% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. And did they swap second rounders this year or no? 
yes, they also did swap second rounders this year, which is weird and minute part of the deal. And I, I, I'm with you on the original deal. Basically, it's for two third rounders, yeah. possibly could be a second rounder. And to me, this almost feels like a bridge quarterback sort of deal. I don't know what they see in Wentz other than the 27 touchdowns to seven interceptions. But if you watch Wentz play, it kind of makes you feel like it's this guy in control of the game. There's some big moments where he shows up very small. And um, I read an article, I can't remember where it was, but it was two years ago about his time in Philadelphia where basically won the NFL MVP. But football has this weird variance thing on throws, like 50-50 balls, I guess you could call it. In, in the history of the NFL that they started measuring this, he had the highest completion on 50-50 balls that they deemed should have been intercepted or knocked down. Yeah, And it's just not something that you can live off as a quarterback. Like normally, if you drop down to the mean, your production drops down greatly. And that's what we saw with Wentz. To me, it just felt like a very magical year for once, and even that Eagles team in general, because we saw what happened when Foles led them to the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know what to expect if I'm a Commanders fan. Maybe I expect once to finally embrace the camo sleeve and it to be accepted, and you know he can be you know his hunting self when he goes there because some good hunting in West Virginia and you know the boon boonies in uh, Virginia. But to me. I, I still feel, even with Wentz, this is maybe the third best team in the division, depending on what happens in the draft, Randy. I don't know if they're better than the Eagles. And quite frankly, if Chase Young isn't his dominant self, depending on what the Giants do, mm-hmm. Washington still may be the last place team in this division. Yeah. Um, look, I, I, I like – Wentz is like a – the most average quarterback of average quarterbacks to me, because there are times where he can make a play and you're like, wow, that was a great throw. Like that was really, honestly, very few guys can make that throw. And then the next play, he will throw it right to the linebacker um, and just completely miss a read. So to me, Wentz is very up and down, not a guy that I really fear. So I'm, I'm happy he's back in the division because I know he's going to crumble. And as you pointed out, he's mentally weak. And, and you know, once you're mentally weak as a quarterback, um, I, I'm, I don't fear you. And I think honestly, that's the most, the best quality you can have is to be mentally all there and strong and being confident and have a short memory. And Wentz certainly does not have that. Important to note uh, before I move on from Wentz, uh, here's getting a 2022 seventh round pick uh, involved with this too. So honestly, the pick swap, the commanders get an extra seventh round pick this year. So that means really nothing, but at least it's something else for to, to pay Wentz's salary. So the fit with Washington for Wentz, uh, like you said, you didn't know what to expect, but you get Antonio Gibson, you get Terry McLaurin, maybe you get Curtis Samuel back healthy. Maybe they make a move and get another receiver. I think the line could use another piece. Um, is it less about the surroundings for Wentz or is it just he will bring down any talent that you have? Because honestly, with the Colts, you had the number one running back in the league. You had the, one of the best offensive lines in the league. Michael Pittman's a young upcoming receiver. You didn't have the receiving talent necessarily that you do on Washington. Um, but still, I, I felt like he was in a good situation in Indy and it didn't work. Do you feel like the Washington talent around him is a little bit better or, or no? No, because I, I look at Indianapolis and a, a quarterback like Wentz needs really good protection, in my opinion. And the Colts have one of the better offensive lines in the entire league, to be honest. And now he's going to an average offensive line if not below average with Mm -hmm. you know we don't know what's going to happen with cuts and free agency and how they 
restructure, you know, some of these contracts or their roster to be quite frank with it. So to me, the Colts seemed like a perfect team where they had a dominant running back with a dominant offensive line that only required Wentz to make plays when he had to. And we saw it with the 27 touchdowns. I mean, the play action was deadly with this team because they were able to play eight in the box and, you know, receivers and tight ends could get open. My biggest concern for Wentz is now you got Terry McLaurin, but your clock is going to speed up now, you know, because you can't hold onto the ball as long as he holds onto the ball. And, you know, I'll listen to Pat McAfee, which I try to do sparingly. I, I like Pat on some occasions, but, you know, a little bit of Pat can go a long way. Um, you know, but I agree with him. It's like kamikaze. Every play he die, he has to live or die with. Like he mm. takes way too many chances. And the one game I won't forget, and I can't remember the team it was, Randy, but it was the last play of the game. And the ball needed to go into the end zone. And he couldn't even throw the football into the end zone. Yeah. Like that was just so bad. And I kind of look at that Colts team and I'm like, Man, that's – I don't know if that's the guy you want a quarterback. And now we have to transition to the Colts don't have a quarterback. The <laughs> that's commanders the next topic. Do. It's almost like you got the rundown in front of him that much Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the next question. What does Indy do? Because now, just look at it. 2018, Andrew Luck. 2019, Jacoby Brissett. 2020, Phillip Rivers. 2021, Carson Wentz. And now for the fifth time in five years, uh, Darius Leonard tweeted out, what are we doing here, quarterback? What are they going to do? Do they think Jimmy Garoppolo is an upgrade? Maybe Mitch Trubisky? Are they in on Deshaun Watson? I doubt that. That's the same division. What do the Colts do? Are they going to throw Sam Ellinger out there? I I don't see that either. So, Matt, what do you think uh, Indy moves forward with at the quarterback position? There has to be something out there that they have seen that they really like, because you don't make this deal without having something in mind that you really, really want, because like you said, they don't have a quarterback. Maybe it's Jimmy G, but when I take a look at the teams, Randy, for they need quarterback, we're looking at the Steelers. We're looking at the saints. We're definitely looking at the Colts now. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting a couple of teams here. They just traded their most important player in franchise history up in Seattle. Yeah. Seattle. And I mean, even Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is going to need a signal caller. So to me, well, the Panthers as well, I I have to imagine you knew Jimmy G was going to be out there. Is Jimmy G, and as absurd as this might sound, but with these quarterback needy teams, maybe he gets the 49ers a first round pick. I don't think it's out of the question. I, I think that's very much in play. And the Colts don't have a first round pick to give up. So to me, and I'm, I'm just speculating here. I know the Saints love Mitch Trubisky. I, I, I know that is their guy that they want to go after from everything that I've read and heard. I can't imagine the Colts not being in that game. Yeah. And I, I know some people have scoffed at me, rightfully so. But I would not be shocked if Mitch gets $25 million per year if he plays his cards right here. Yeah. You get the right teams into a bidding war. I mean, he can do it. And we're talking Mitch Trubisky as the premier quarterback on the free agent market. What the hell year are we living in? 
And I don't get it. The guy threw six passes last year and <laughs> threw a pick and didn't do anything else. What I don't I don't understand the Mitch thing. Uh, it's more of like, hey, it's the unknown. Maybe he's learned under Josh Allen for a year. I don't know. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, you know Jimmy's uh, Mitch's limitations more than anybody. Uh, I don't think he's a new quarterback all of a sudden after sitting on the bench for a year. I don't see that. Um, here are two options I haven't heard thrown out there that I'm going to throw out there for the Colts. Jameis Winston. Yep is still out there who's someone's going to give him a chance. I also could see him for the Steelers and the other one who is now a backup in Denver, Teddy Bridgewater. He seems to be a guy who gets moved every year. Um, I could just see that being a transition for them. And then the next year they're on their sixth quarterback in six years. Um, really, I feel bad for the Colts because Andrew Luck kind of put them in this situation yeah. by, by suddenly retiring. And I, I still don't blame Luck. Honestly, Luck got hit a ton and we went through that when it happened. Um, but, you know, Luck is he's kind of it all comes back to his decision to retire all those years ago. So the Indy, I think, is still really well run. I love what they got for Wentz because I don't think Wentz is that good. Uh, and I expect Ballard or any of the GMs to get something out of those picks. Uh, more than anyone else. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen with the Colts uh, quarterback position. Um, but ultimately, if you had to make a prediction right now, Matt, you think it's Jimmy? I'm going to say it's Marcus Mariota. Okay. It's a name we also haven't thrown out there yet. So that's, he's also going to get a job somewhere too. Yeah. My, my gut feeling is Marcus Mariota. Who, who do you, are, are you going with Jimmy G you think, or? It's all the rumors seem to be Jimmy, but to your point, if they can't give up a first, which I, I don't see how they get a first for Jimmy, especially after his surgery, uh, I would say maybe a second or a third gets that done. I think the Colts would be willing to do that. Um, but if you could get Bridgewater for the same price or you could just pay Jameis for a year or two, I would much rather do that. So um, my instinct is to say Jimmy for sure, because I, I don't know if he's even an upgrade over Wentz, to be honest with you, but I could, I could see that happening for sure. All right, Matt, the big news. And, and, you know, a lot of times when trades happen, it's like, oh, cool. Like a lot of times it's not a future Hall of Famer. A lot of times it is not the most important player in your franchise's history. I mean, this sort of thing happens in baseball or and it happens in the NBA. Um, this in the NFL, I feel like this is rare. Um, obviously, we've had Brady leave teams and Peyton Manning leave teams, but they didn't get traded. They, they left and they, they went elsewhere on their own. Russell Wilson, in my opinion, is the most important Seattle Seahawk of all time. And, and you could argue, you know, Steve Largen and uh, a couple other guys. But to me, Russell Wilson made Seattle what they are today um, and for the last decade has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Seattle, uh, I think, has taken a step back. I think Russell maybe has taken a step back a bit. They decided to ship him off. Once uh, another deal happened, which we'll get to, uh, they moved on from their desired target and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so they said, okay, um, maybe they got a tip off. Maybe Nathaniel Hackett, new head coach of the Broncos knew that Aaron Rodgers was going to re return back to the Green Bay Packers. And that pipe dream was over with. So it said, let's evaluate what other options we have and let's go to Russell Wilson. So the trade is Matt Bushnell. Let me pull it up. So I get all the details correct here. It is a mega deal. Yep. It is Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick to the Denver Broncos in exchange for two first round picks this year and next year, two second round picks this year and next year, a fifth round pick and three players, quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant and defensive lineman Shelby Harris. You look at the surface, okay, two first round picks, that's what they gave up for Jamal Adams, but the two second round picks are good gets here too. Um, those are high draft picks uh, that are going to be good players if they play their cards right. So I like what Seattle got. Russell Wilson is on the wrong side of 30 and getting older. I do think he's still good, but I think Seattle made out okay here. And I don't blame Denver at all for making this deal. And they're the toughest division in the NFL. And they now have an elite quarterback who could help them compete and potentially be a contender in that conference as well. So Matt Bushnell, 
lot to unpack here. Russell Wilson, now a Denver Bronco. What's your take? Broncos got a hell of a lot better. I think for everything that we see in the NFL, you have to have a generational defense to win a Super Bowl with a bad quarterback. I uh, go to the 15 Broncos with Peyton Manning, who was a shell of himself. He, you know, they didn't win. They didn't get there because of Manning at all. Um, but that defense was dominant. The 2000 Ravens, you know, mm-hmm. similar thing. The 85 Bears. None, none, none of these teams had great quarterbacks. Maybe they had okay quarterbacks. Maybe you can make a case for Jim McMahon being a good quarterback. I would never go that far. I think Jim McMahon was a very, very talented quarterback playing in an era where running the football with the great Walter Payton and having a great defense won you Super Bowls. So I don't think we can fairly evaluate how good Jim McMahon would be in this era. So I'm just not going to go there with him. But the Broncos had a really good defense with one of the best defensive coaches ever. And we saw that they couldn't compete in the playoffs. That They were, what, picking number nine this year. Mm -hmm. So a top 10 pick with that defense. And it shows you how favorable this NFL is to good quarterback play. I don't, I'm not going to pretend to understand the logic on Seattle trading Russell Wilson. Um, I think it's far easier to find a new head coach or a new GM than it is to find a franchise quarterback at Russell Wilson's caliber. Um, Pete Carroll, and you take a look at the Seahawks, and this is where I'm going to bury them. They did nothing to help build a team around Russell Wilson. You take a look at some of those draft picks that they have made. Brutal. Yeah, just none of them have been good. And now you're trusting the same people with all these new picks to rebuild this team. Mm -hmm. It's just mind-boggling to me. Meanwhile, you take a look at Denver. You got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. Noah Fant hurts because I I do think having a reliable receiving threat for a tight end, um, it's not something you should discount, but let's not pretend Noah Fant's a top five tight end in the NFL. I mean, there's a... Albert O. Albert O is no slouch. He's going to get a leap here. Yeah, and and I think that's my next point here. Obviously, they felt good about him. And now you have a franchise quarterback, and we take a look at um, Mark Andrews in Baltimore. You know, Russell, Lamar Jackson takes a lot of pressure off him, so it opens up things for him to get those easy yards and those touchdowns in the red zone. You take a look at, you know, Kelsey with the Chiefs, and that that offense is just, you know, it opens up so many things. Mm -hmm. And we take a look at um, Darren Waller with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Albert O, man, that's that's the guy. A lot of people love him as a top five fantasy tight end with Russell Wilson now, and I can see it. Yeah, And they have a nice running game. The Denver offensive line is a lot better than what he had in Seattle for Russell Wilson. And really, you only gave up one defensive player of any significance. Yeah. So to me, the Broncos hit a grand slam here. I, I give them A++. Um, the one thing I worry about, Randy, is that division. <laughs> I mean, you take a look at that division. It's crazy because you look at it, and obviously you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Justin Herbert, you have Derek Carr, and now you add Russell Wilson. I think Derek Carr is probably the best, worst quarterback in the division <laughs> ever. Um, and we, we were talking about MVP love for him last year. Yeah. I mean, this division is crazy, and that's why when all the Rodgers noise was talking, I'm like, why would he go from a, a division that he's dominated his entire career in a conference now that is totally weak uh, to a division that you might not even be able to make the playoffs in because it's so tough? Um, so that's my question here. Um, 
the Broncos, new coach, obviously now a new quarterback. Um, I think they have a ton of talent. Von Miller hinted a bit of a return the other day, but that could potentially happen. What's the possibility with for them in this division? You know, are the Chiefs still the cream of the crop? Are, are the Chargers ready to take the next step? And are, are the Raiders a real threat with Josh McDaniels? Because to me, on the uh, just on paper, I like the Broncos roster among uh, just with any of them. Um, but the Chiefs are already established. You get Herbert with another year with the Chargers. Uh, and the Raiders really started, I thought, built something last year, but they had a lot of changes. So I don't know what to expect. I like the Broncos roster with where they are, where they're at right now. And if you asked me, I would say that I'd probably put them two. I'm torn between one and two here. I, I think they're better than the Raiders. I think they're better than the Chargers. So the issue I have with the Chiefs and the Chargers, it doesn't come down to talent on the roster. It comes down to coaching. What really hurt the Chargers last year was Brandon Staley's insistence to follow this advanced analytic chart. And, and, and there's a place for advanced analytics. Of course. But when you decide that I'm just going to go with this chart and go for it on every fourth down imaginable, they should have beat the Chiefs on that Thursday night football game. There's no reason for that. Then we talk about the game against the Raiders on Sunday night football where they call a timeout. A, a, a lot of this stuff doesn't make a lot of sense. So to me, that hurts them. And, and then Andy Reid. I have gone on record, Randy, as saying the Chiefs will never win another Super Bowl with Andy Reid as their head coach. And I am not going to back off of that hmm. because when you refuse to see the game of football as a physical contest where you have to try to impose your will onto another team, another man, another person, and you're reluctant and you just want to throw the football, throw the football, throw the football, and if all you had to do against the Bengals was run the football, yep. we said it on the podcast, Randy, they were daring them to run the football. I don't care. Like you could run it and they were going to get some first downs here and there, but you're bleeding the clock. You, the clock was the Bengals worst enemy. And I don't know how Nathaniel Hackett's going to be as a head coach, but I think the thing that he saw when he was with the Packers was that they struggled when they didn't have a running game to complement the passing game. And I think the Broncos are smart enough to say, we have a well-balanced team here. We're going to run the football. The Packers ran the football a lot. I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is how much the Packers actually ran the football. So I'm going to go the Broncos are the best team in this division because I, I think wow. they have a coach that gets it and they have a quarterback that can complement everything. That is a uh, big take right there. So, Matt, I hate to put a halt to our conversation, but I interrupt this program for a breaking news bulletin. Uh oh, we got baseball. We get baseball back in 2022. There is a CBA agreement in place. I just wanted to say, as it happened on the show, that we do have baseball in 2022. I'm very excited. So, stay tuned. If you're in baseball life, Vince and Henry are going to do a special edition uh, of Dong City tonight. So, you don't want to miss that. Nice. Back to your regular scheduled program <laughs> here on Football Life presents the Audible. <laughs> We're talking football here. Baseball is exciting, but hey, that's their own fault for not starting on time to begin with. It is almost time for free agency. It's an exciting time for football. Yep. To your point. I don't know if the Broncos are the number one team in the division. I think the Chiefs are so established to the point where the regular season, they don't scare me. I, I, I trust them still until they give me a reason not to. I know they did some QT shit in the playoffs. They're still the Chiefs. And I think it might take some time for Russ to get things going there with Denver. But they're certainly more talented to me than the Chargers and probably the Raiders as well. Now that goes to my other point. 
do you think Russell Wilson still has got it? You know, is he still yes. the same guy? Like to me, I, I still think he's an elite quarterback, but do you think maybe he took a little bit of a step back? So I don't think he played great last year. I mean, last year he had an injury the first time in his career, he missed games the year before I felt like he played not great down the stretch. And even the year before that, I was like, when are they going to let Russ cook? That was always the thing, like let Russ cook. And he never fully unleashed. And I was like, maybe he can't do that. So is there anything that Russell has shown you, Matt, in the last few years that shows you that he's taken a step back? Is it maybe they're not running as much? Is there a lack of athleticism? Is there anything that Russell Wilson, you know, maybe you're worried about going forward? No, absolutely not. The biggest problem he had was Pete Carroll and that chain he had around Russell Wilson's neck to prevent him from doing anything. Um, I was listening to Greg Olson the other day talk about this. And he said, we have a great left tackle. We have great receivers. We have a great running back. You know, why are we playing so conservative? Why are we trying to leave this in the defense's hands? And then when we get down behind, and this is Greg Olson talking, I'm paraphrasing here, but then they want Russell Wilson to do a miracle at the end of the game to get them to win a football game. Right. And we saw him, we saw Russell Wilson do that so many times, mm -hmm. but it takes its toll on you. Like, you know, I, I'm the one that's always going to either save us or make us look like crap. And Pete Carroll, you know, to me, I think the guy's out of touch. I don't think he's the right coach in this league anymore. And to me, I, I think you have to let Russell Wilson unleash his full talent. And I think that's what Hackett's going to do. I think you're going to see a compliment from him. But there is nothing I saw on tape outside of the broken thumb that he suffered. And I think he came back way too soon. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't the same after that thumb injury. But you're talking about a guy with maybe one of the best deep balls in NFL history throwing to a guy like Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, who's a big body wide receiver, and then Tim Patrick, another big-bodied wide receiver. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are great. But the yeah. scheme wouldn't allow Russell Wilson to unleash his full repertoire. And now I think we're going to see it. And don't forget Javante Williams. He's oh, a yeah. very good young running back who's going to make yeah. Russell Wilson's life a lot easier as well. So um, I, I might think that Russ may have taken a tiny, like the tiniest bit. I still absolutely think he's a great quarterback. And I yeah. no way think that he isn't the man anymore because he still is the man. And I think absolutely the Broncos are contenders with him. Now, this leads to the other side of things. This is an end of an era for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, for the last 10 years, you've had this, uh, this pairing of Russell and Pete Carroll and obviously Schneider, the GM, you know, when Russell got drafted, he got, he fell in the fourth round. He was short and everyone, no one thought he was going to make it. He wasn't, you know, the biggest arm. He was too much of a run around guy, which the league has now shifted towards. Um, you know, I, I kind of think back at the Russell, the Russell P. Carroll era for the Seahawks and just think there should have been so much more. And, and they left me really wanting more. Like they obviously should have won that second Super Bowl. Uh, you throw the ball at the goal line instead of handing it to Marshawn Lynch. You can say that was the right call. Obviously, terrible luck that, you know, even Malcolm Butler catches that ball. It was an unbelievable play on his part. Um, this, that really broke the Se Seattle to me. I, I think that that play really kind of ruined them the last you know few years. I, the Legion of Boom split up. R Richard Sherman gets hurt. Um, they're never the same really after that game. But Russell Wilson continued to get better, and it just shows you how bad <laughs> Seattle drafted and or organized the roster because he to me was even better of a quarterback after that Super Bowl, and yet they never made it to that point again. Um, the defense kept getting worse. So for me, to your point about Pete Carroll, he's seven 
71 years old now. He, it, how much more can you have him be up there? I mean, he's getting to presidential age here. <laughs> there should be a cap. Is he going to help develop the next uh, run the Seahawks have? Because I don't see it happening here in the next five to 10 years. Like, I don't know what the plan is. Um, but when you look back, before we get to what the future holds for Seattle, Matt, when you look back at the Russ uh, P. Carroll era for Seattle, do you kind of feel like I do with the, you wish there was more? Because I felt like for so long, they've been so consistent and good. You expect them to have more than one ring? That's a good question. Um, I, I, th- I think with Marshawn Lynch and with that team in general, the Legion of Boom, it, it does kind of leave a sour taste in your mouth. You should have taken a look at I mean, it should be two Super Bowls, back-to-back mm-hmm. Super Bowl champions, the first time since the Patriots did it back in, um, I believe, 03 and 04. And now you take a look at a almost like a talent unfulfilled here. Um the last three seasons, I think for me with the Seahawks, it was kind of like a slow bleed out. Like it kind of felt like it was over and they just kept on trying to, you know, put bubble gum on holes on a sinking ship and it just wasn't working. I mean, the Jamal Adams trade really was the sinking of the ship there. <laughs> I, I would love to know if it was Snyder or Carroll that made that deal happen yeah. because essentially someone broke it out. Like you traded Russell Wilson for Jamal Adams and a couple of draft picks. And it's just like, you you look at it like that, Randy, it's bad. It's really bad. What the future holds for this team. You know, there's talks that they may go after Deshaun Watson. Right. I Watson has a no trade clause in his contract. I mean, he, he can make it extremely uncomfortable for the Seahawks to trade for him. I can't see Watson approving a trade to Seattle and that division's still pretty good. We're talking about the 49ers who, you know, they get the right quarterback. I don't, I'm not sure if that's Trey Lance. And that's another discussion to talk about. You know, you, you move on from Jimmy G to a guy that hasn't played a whole lot of football in his career and it makes you really concerned. Yeah. Then you, you take a look at the Cardinals where, you know, can Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury coexist and get past those first nine weeks and actually play good second half football? I don't know. And, and then, of course, we have the defending, the reigning Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, who, you know, Aaron Donald wants OBJ to come back. Stafford, you're going to get Robert Woods back. You're going to get um, another year of Cooper Cup in his prime. Um, Austin Eckler, I, I, I like the Rams. I don't know why he would go there. To me, the most obvious spot for Right now, Deshaun Watson to go would be Carolina. I think slam dunk, rebuild your image. Everyone loves you in Carolina. Your Clemson days, you could rebuild it. So Seattle, to me, is in quarterback purgatory. They could have traded Russell Wilson last year to the Bears. Mm -hmm. And it was a done deal until Pete Carroll said no. And that's been documented. John Schneider had a deal in place with Ryan Pace. And Mm -hmm. I have no idea how much it would have cost. But I'm glad the Bears didn't do it with how stupid this that regime was. But now we take a look at a Seattle team that's got a lot more questions. And even though you got draft picks, this is a bad draft for quarterbacks, Randy. And I heard a, a, some NFL insiders that said this is the Geno Smith draft of quarterbacks. Oof. Oof. And it, it's you, you look at it, you shake your head. So I don't know what direction they go. 
I mean, it, it was rumored then that the Bears offered three first-rounders. It yeah. was reported that the Washington Commanders offered three first-rounders this year for him, and they wanted him out of the conference, so they didn't want to send him there. Plus, Russell had to agree to waive his no-trade clause, and he wasn't going to do that to, for Washington. So that's part of the problem. Look, I, to your point, again, um, Seattle has all these draft picks, but they suck at drafting. They have had – like, they're almost Raiders level of bad drafting. Um you go back and look at their first round picks. It is a mess. I mean, say they've hit later in the rounds of like DK Metcalf's of the world, uh, Tyler Lockett's of the world. I mean, those guys are great. I mean, but you're drafting, you know, Rashad Penny's in the first round. I mean, this is, and they're so random too. And it, yeah. it doesn't make a ton of sense. So if Seattle can explore a Watson trade, I would, I would, I would tell them to do that because I don't trust their drafting regiment one iota, but I've also read, you know, that they are interested in Malik Willis at nine. And I think that wouldn't be the worst thing if you're rebuilding, give him, give the guy a shot and see if he can play. I mean, you're already in this for the long run, it seems like anyway. Uh, there's rumors that, I mean, they already cut Bobby Wagner. We should point that out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one of the best linebackers in the NFL, they just cut him. Uh, so that guy's out there all of a sudden. He's going to make a team very happy. Um, there's the Tyler Lockett rumors that he might be on the block. I doubt they trade Metcalf, but it wouldn't shock me either if he was on the block. I mean, they, they are going through a massive transition right now. And Seattle, I think, is just going to turn into one of these poverty franchises. Like, the Colts, if they didn't have that, Andrew Luck situation when Peyton Manning left would have been an absolute dumpster fire. And that's what I think we're going to enter in here for the Seattle Seahawks. So Henry, the Niners fan, Corey, the, the Cardinals fan, all of the 12 LA Rams fans out there, they're <laughs> going to be thrilled <laughs> throughout this next decade for Seattle. Because let me tell you, since the day that Matt Flynn signed that massive contract with the Seahawks only to get cucked by Russell Wilson, it has been one hell of a run for the Seattle Seahawks. And now I, I hate to say it, but it's over this run. I don't care if you care. Carol's legacy done all this stuff. Seattle now borderline poverty franchise. And what, I don't know when it's going to stop. Yep. No, I agree. So you can't just trade a franchise quarterback and a legendary fan franchise figure and recover from that that easily. One guy almost did get traded. Apparently. Is it the next guy on our list? I think it is your boy. If you had to guess your favorite player in the league, it would definitely be Aaron Rodgers, Wouldn't it? (laughs) I hate that prick so much. Uh, you know, I don't want to say, hey, you know, I don't want to be Mr. Negativity here. I, I really do not enjoy him as a person. I, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, let's get into that because, <laughs> you know, there were rumors. So, hey, our predictions, by the way, you thought Aaron Rodgers was going to the, the Broncos. Yep. I know they were in on him. They wanted him bad. They even signed his quarterback coach to be their head coach, their offensive coordinator. Uh, that didn't work out. I predicted he was going to retire. And that seemed like it was trending in that direction. But instead... Instead of retiring, instead of a one-year deal, Aaron Rodgers signed a four-year or is going to sign. I want to put words in his mouth. It has agreed <laughs> to a four-year deal worth $200 million. So anytime anyone wants to tell you that money's not important or money's not everything, you call them a liar. <laughs> how do you go from retirement to a four-year commitment? $200 million is how you do that. Aaron Rodgers is back with the pack. Uh, he's 38 going to be in the contract until he's 42 now. Um, and man, this is a mega, mega extension um, at the, cer- I mean, the guys won back-to-back MVPs. He's certainly still capable. So I cannot kill the Packers for this. Um, I, I, we can kill Aaron Rodgers and I'm sure we will, but this contract is massive for a guy in his late thirties. Yeah. I mean, he's earned every cent of it. I'll say that, you know, what he's done, you know, it, and it sucks that he's going to end up losing to a really 
mediocre team in the playoffs that doesn't let him score touchdowns. And, you know, he'll be one and done in the playoffs as usual. T- to me, it just boils down to this. He, 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 play, he plays this word game. Like he tries to say, oh, well, I'm immunized. Mm-hmm. So he didn't use the word vaccinated. And that, that's his stress. But don't be a, don't play this word game. Oh, I didn't sign this deal. Well, no shit, you didn't sign that deal. No one said you did. It's that it agreed upon. And this is the thing that just pisses me off about this dude. He thinks he's smarter than everyone else in the room. He thinks everyone's beneath him. No no one cares. No no one's going to argue how much you're worth. Like, are you worth $200 million over four years? Yes, I think so. I, I, I think that's highly agreeable on a lot of people based on your performance during the regular season. Because without the Packers, or the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, we've seen that before, and we know how bad that is. Which takes me into my next take here, Randy. Jordan Love yeah. is the worst first-round pick of all time. Yeah. Because Maybe. you traded up in the first round to get back in the first round to grab this guy who only started one game for you during his entire tenure, he gave you no return on your investment. And I mean, you could have drafted a quarterback in the second round to piss off Aaron Rodgers. Maybe the third round would have really pissed him off, but you had to do it in the first round. Just a boneheaded move. I mean, if your goal was to piss off Aaron Rodgers, you certainly did that. And he definitely, you know, he won two MVPs since. Uh, (laughs) So that worked out. But man, oh, man, now you just have a first rounder on the bench who might not be very good and you might not be worth very much. And now uh, you're just going to let him sit there for another four years behind Aaron Rodgers because I don't see how that's going to work out. Um, Maybe just the mere sight of Jordan Love pisses Aaron Rodgers (laughs) off to the point where he can continue to play at this level. And at that point, then, yeah, keep him around because you want Aaron Rodgers playing that well. Um, there are rumors about teams that really wanted love in the drafts. Maybe they can work something out. I don't, I don't know. We'll see about the Jordan love thing, but here's my thing about Aaron Rodgers. Remember draft day last year where it came out the morning of that he was unhappy and he had been reportedly unhappy with the team since their, their loss to the bucks and, and the NFC championship game in 2021. Yeah. Brady went into Lambeau and beat them. And he didn't, he, they kicked the field goal instead of going for the touchdown and all that stuff. What happened? Uh, what I like, he wanted to be traded. He was threatening retirement. He was boycotting the NFL because of their, their vaccine requirements. It's just, I'm going to channel my inner Joker here in honor of the new Batman movie. Just why so dramatic? What, what is the deal? Why is it always so extra with you, Aaron Rodgers? What is it about him? Did your parents not love you? Like, I know you have family issues. Like, are you, is there some issues there on the family side of things where you never felt the warmth of a mother's hug? Like, I don't understand what it is that everything has to just be so mysterious and you always have to be so unhappy. Like, I promise you, like a lot of shit could happen to me in my life, but if I made hundreds of millions of dollars to play a sport, I would find a way to be somewhat happy. I, maybe I'm thinking like this too simplistically, um, but I try to make the most of every situation now, and I'm pretty poor and in a lot of debt. So Aaron Rodgers, man, just, hey, you got a pretty good life. I, I know that you've had some issues with some things, but I think all things considered, you're okay. Matt, do you have any idea, any thought into this? I mean, we're not psychologists, but why does Aaron Rodgers do this? It seems like he's the one that does this more often than anyone else. He's just an attention whore. I mean, that's what it feels like. 
Like, and, and you notice he made a statement as soon as Russell Wilson got traded. Yeah. Like, he was like, well, I didn't sign anything. Really? You could have said that an hour before he got, before yeah. Russell Wilson got traded. Yeah. Um, it, the, the guy's a prima donna. You know, he, I'll, I'll say this about him. You know, he's cerebral, cerebral about everything. He is super smart. And I just, I, I don't get it. His psychological makeup is probably very questionable. I would love to know exactly what has made him this way, but I would never want to have a beer with him. I would never want to hang out with him. I would never want to go. And how he's engaged, I mean, Shalane. Are, are they still name? engaged? Are they? I, apparently they're reconciled. Okay. So, $200 million maybe you did that for her. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much she makes off her movies. I imagine it ain't sniffing $200 million, but yeah, probably not. Yeah. So I, I just, whatever. And I, my biggest takeaway from this, Randy, and I'm going to take a shot at some Bears fans, is how pathetic this Bears fan base is. Like, you go on Twitter, it's like, oh, no, we're going to, we got to deal with Aaron Rodgers for four more years. You know, as a person that pisses me off, you know, you got four more years of chance to beat this guy. And if the Bears players don't use that as motivation, the guy that in your building, says he fucking owns you. You're just going to let him do this for four more years? That's your attitude? That's the case everyone needs to go. And that brings me to my point. I think Rodgers really never wanted to leave Green Bay. Uh, I think that he sees the landscape of the division and the Bears might have a good young quarterback, but the rest of the team, I think, is a question mark. Uh, I feel like the Lions, I don't think the Lions, he's ever looked at them as a threat ever in his career. Um, The Vikings are just the Vikings. They're they're painfully average and he feels like maybe, yeah, I'll lose to them once a year, but they're never going to be a real threat to me here at any point. And then you look at the rest of the conference. Well, guess what? Tom Brady no longer isn't is here. He retired, uh, or so far he retired. So the Bucks are quarterback list at the moment. And Kyle Trask going to come into Lambeau, beat you in the playoffs? So probably not. Drew Brees is gone. The Saints, they're going to roll Taysom Hill out there with no Sean Payton? Okay, I doubt that. The Cowboys, who couldn't even beat the 49ers in the playoffs, are going to go all of a sudden win a playoff game and then go into Lambeau and beat you? I highly doubt that, too. You have the – this is the the, 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 the NFC – is really a two-team conference. It is the Rams, and it is the Packers. And if you can get the Rams to come to Lambeau, I love your chances because every time it happens, it seems like the Rams lose. Now you could say, well, what about the 49ers? Look, I think the 49ers are very talented, but if Trey Lance is your only option at quarterback, I'm going to have real doubts about that because he did not look good last year in the moments that he played. Now, if you're telling me Brady's going to retire and join the 49ers, well, that's a whole other conversation. We can have that, but there are no other contenders like the Cardinals are, you know, obviously they're going to be relevant to a point, but there's, you know, issues with Kyler now. So like, what's that look like? To me, he sees this landscape of the NFC and at least for the next few years, it is up for grabs. And this is a real chance, a real window for him to finally, at least the very least make it back to another Super Bowl Cause it's been a long time. It's been a while. If you're, you're a four time, you're a four time regular season MVP. You won the Super Bowl in 2010. It is time. And, and this happened to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning got killed because Eli had more rings than him forever. And in his last year, he finally got that second ring, not really thanks to him or anything that he did, but it doesn't matter. He retires with two championships. I think it, to me in the next few years, Aaron Rodgers has to get another one. And if he could get two, we're talking about a whole other narrative for Aaron Rodgers at the end of his career. So I think that's kind of part of the conversation here. Now you see a franchise tag, Devontae Adams, we're going to talk about franchise tags in a second. 
I think Rodgers sees a window here to make his legacy even greater than it already is. To me, if the Packers don't win this next Super Bowl, they're not going to win another one with Rodgers. But just because you can't keep on kicking this can down the road. Obviously, you you know, Adams has already been tagged. Um, if they sign him to a long-term extension, Adams has been on record or it's been reported that he wants $30 million a year. He's absolutely worth it. As, as a wide receiver, game-changing wide receiver, absolutely. But then what does that do to the rest of your team? You know, this defense is going to have to get dismantled. They can't afford all these, you know, high-priced defensive players. And I think the one thing that we've seen from the past couple of Super Bowls is that defense matters a lot in getting there and winning it. And really, the Packers' defense held the 49ers, at, you know, in play. And it fell on Aaron Rodgers, and he couldn't get the job done. So that, that's an Aaron Rodgers problem. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. You take a look at the rest of the NFC – why would I want to go to the AFC? You don't. Well, yeah. like <laughs> All the good quarterbacks are there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't want nothing to do with that. And then you just take a look at the division. The Bears have a first-time GM, first-time head coach, and you have an unproven quarterback. And really, you're relying on aging defenders like Mac Quinn. We don't know if Roquan Smith – I think we know Roquan Smith is a top-five inside linebacker. But he's going to get a hefty extension after we've seen all these linebackers get extended. So I don't know if the Bears can spend all this money on defense to compete. The Vikings have Kirk Cousins. We don't know if they love him. We don't know if they hate him. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, here's another year of Kirk Cousins, Vikings fans. Enjoy <laughs> your <laughs> yeah, enjoy your nine and eight season. <laughs> and then the Lions. The Lions are an interesting bunch. I've seen some talk that they may take Willis at number two. If they take Willis at number two, just give the Packers the next four NFC North championships because it's fucking over. Um, I, I just don't get that at all there. So to me, absolutely. Why go mess with that AFC? You just stay in the NFC and you just dominate for the next four years and be happy. Plus, and then everything about Aaron Rodgers is going to get compared to Brett Favre. I mean, it's it's intertwined like almost nothing else in the league because of their history and how he sat behind Favre for three years and really how they're similar in the way that they were both super dramatic and prima donnas and threatened retirement multiple times. But this is what Rodgers can now have over Brett Favre. He can have that he stayed his entire career with the Green Bay Packers, and if he can get another ring, he can say, "I won more than Favre." And ultimately, I think in the heart and and, and Aaron Rodgers' insides, like he can say, "Oh, I was still 24th pick," and he can still try to be, pretend to be mad about that. In his mind, if he can win one more ring than Brett Favre, I feel like that would cement every justify every decision he's ever made in his career. Because I, I genuinely think he hates Brett Favre, and for good reason. You should hate Brett Favre. Uh, <laughs> but I will. It'll be raised to be seen what the Packers do with the rest of the roster because they they needs work. So, um, Corey Richmond in the comments asked me if I want Mitch Trubisky on the Giants. We're going to talk about that in the free agency a little bit later. <laughs> I'll, I'll mention Mitch Trubisky uh, and that possibility here in just a bit. But rapid fire, Matt Bushel. I'm going to mention some free franchise tags that have been given. The deadline was just two days ago on the eighth, uh, and I want to get your quick thoughts on these guys. We mentioned. Devontae Adams anything else to add other than what you said I mean you said the guys were 30 million I think you said everything you need to say yeah yeah definitely Devontae Adams Aaron Rodgers back in Green Bay uh another wide receiver Chris Godwin of the Bucks this one surprised me after the injury and no more Tom Brady but they want their guy back and they got him yeah I, I think it was a smart move by the Bucks 
it's a good deal for Godwin to be one of, you know, on a yearly basis to get paid, I think it was $20 million or so. So it's a good deal for Godwin, good deal for the Bucks. Another wide receiver, he's going to get paid too. Uh, I mean, I think, he, he, you know, he was be, one of Justin Herbert's favorite targets, Mike Williams with the Chargers, he gets tagged, but there's rumors he could get an extension. Yeah, he got three years, $60 million. He, he okay. signed that extension, so he signed, sealed, and delivered. I don't love Mike Williams, but it certainly seems like uh, Justin Herbert does. So that's all that matters. Uh, a couple of tight ends, few tight ends. Mike Kosicki of the, the Dolphins. I mean, I love Mike Kosicki. Huge catch radius, big big for Tua. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good move. I don't know. It's interesting to see how the tight end money is going to work out. So it kind of makes sense to me why they would offer him that much money. So mm-hmm. I don't have many issues with it. Uh, this one is probably the worst franchise tag of them all, one of these two probably, but David Njoku of the Browns and Dalton <laughs> Schultz of the Cowboys. I like the Schultz tagging. I mm-hmm. will say that. That makes sense to me. He the was N- going to get paid, so yeah. Yeah, the Njoku one, I, I'm i with you because to me, I don't know how good the Browns are going to be. You know, you got Baker Mayfield, who you're not sure at quarterback. I don't know if they keep Landry. He wants out, it seems. So Yeah, so it's just kind of puzzling to me. Are, are the Browns going to be rebuilding, or are they going to be, you know, trying to go for another round with Baker Mayfield? So we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, a couple of linemen, Orlando Brown Jr., the tackle that the Chiefs traded for last offseason. This makes a ton of sense because, yeah. obviously, you invested already in him. Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know. And he's, he's a stud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then this one that could affect the, the top of the draft because Cam Robinson, the tackle of the Jags, gets yeah. tagged again. Uh, there's rumors they're interested in uh, Evan Neal, the tackle from Alabama. So maybe this affects that. But honestly, you can't go wrong with two great tackles. I think Cam Robinson is a better right tackle than he is a left tackle. I would take Neal still mm-hmm. and move Neal to left tackle and move Robinson to right tackle. That way your offensive line is really solidified. And you need all the help from Trevor Lawrence that you can get. Uh, did you see any other tags that I didn't mention, Matt Bushnell? Oh, geez. No. I don't think I, 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 I Those are all the notable ones that I saw. Yeah. <clears throat> so the ones that didn't get tagged, two of them that I noticed uh, that I thought would have, but now they're absolutely going to get paid in the free agent market, is J.C. Jackson from the Patriots, absolute yep. beast at the corner. And then Harold Landry, who you sent me, um I, obviously it's going to be a big cap number he's going to get paid too um but both of these guys i i thought maybe one of them would get tagged well harold landry signed an extension with the titans five years okay. 87 million dollars so. i missed that so that's a big deal uh that's obviously massive um but jc jackson's going to get paid massive it wouldn't shock me if the raiders were in on him with his connection to mcdaniels we'll see what happens there um and your bears didn't uh tag Allen robinson either right or is he he's he's basically a goner at this point I think that relationship is sour to the point where he didn't want to return and the Bears didn't want to bring him back. Matt Nagy ruined a lot of things with Chicago. And if you saw Alan Robinson, you saw the tape, there's a lot of walking around, um, yeah. you know, and it's just not good tape. And I don't think that's indicative of Alan Robinson as a player. Yeah. I, I just think the situation in Chicago was unattainable and, you know, he, he went and he deserved to go. He's on Twitter complaining about targets and, you know, yeah. it's your, you're opening up a can of worms and you start doing that. And, you know, you're walking around on tape. You're giving me golden tape vibes. 
don't want to do that either. So yeah. uh, we'll just see what happens. He was he would have got paid big time if he was a free agent last year. So we'll see what the market looks like for him this year. Now, yeah. the new league year, Matt Bushnell, starts next week and free agency can begin. There are a lot of good free agents out there. I don't want to go through all of them. Uh, if you want, NFL.com has a, a list of the top 100 free agents. Um, you got a, good, a lot of good wide receivers. Amari Cooper is now on that list. Uh, JC Jackson is now on that list. Von Miller, uh, Teron Armstead is an unbelievable defensive tackle. He's number one on the list. Chandler Jones, um, Brandon Scherf. I mean, there's a lot of really good talent. This is where a lot of teams make or break their off seasons. I mean, we saw the Patriots go all in and spend a bunch of money in free agency last year only to get bounced in the wild card round. So I'm very, very interested to see what happens. It wouldn't shock me if, you know, the Chiefs bring back Tyron Matthew, maybe even look into bringing Bobby Wagner aboard because they need defensive help. That might be one of my predictions. So, Matt, when you look at the available free agents, you know, some team needs, we're going to talk about this as the offseason you know, goes along. Yeah. You got any ideas of who might end up where, or any free agents you want for the Bears maybe, and uh, you got any predictions for us? Uh, when it comes to the Bears, I, I like what Ryan Pohl said, you know, live in that second and third wave. I, I think you're far away. So making a big money signing doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I wouldn't mind Amari Cooper, but that, that's going to be too rich for a team that doesn't really have the cap space to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Teron Armstead is going to get paid a lot of money. Um, I can see the Jets making that deal tomorrow if yeah. you know it started tomorrow. So I, I think Teron Armstead gets a five-year, $110 million deal um, with the Jets. To me, it just makes a lot of sense. It's a logical fit. Becton, you can move over to right tackle. You know, there's some questions about his attitude and work ethic. So obviously you got to, you know, hopefully fix that situation. And then I I think kind of a sleeper for me and how much he's going to get paid is Chandler Jones. It's a huge Mm -hmm. loss for the Cardinals. Chandler Jones is on a track to be a Hall of Fame football player. He's still a premier defensive player. to me, he makes a lot of sense in a lot of places where you can kind of compete. I think Philly is an interesting landing spot for him. I also think I wouldn't be shocked, but depending on where he goes, maybe the Rams, depending on how much they're willing to pay him. So those are two guys I'm going to keep an eye on. I think Amari Cooper's a wild card here. I don't know where Cooper lands, mm-hmm. um, but I'll tell you where he lands. Okay. Where's Cooper going to land? He's one of these guys that's going to stay in the division to stick it to the Cowboys. And I think he's going to sign with the Washington Commanders who uh, <laughs> desperately need a number one wide receiver to go along with Terry McLaurin. And you can put Curtis Samuel in that number three spot. And then you give Wentz all the weapons in the world. Uh, wouldn't shock me if Cooper ends up there. But I'll say this. There's two receivers out there that I would really want if I was a team that needed a receiver. And I think it's Cooper and I think it's Allen Robinson. And I think one of them ends up with the Washington Commanders and the other one ends up with Jacob Anthony Moses's New York Jets because they <laughs> definitely need a number one wide receiver as well. I think Allen Robinson goes to the Lions. And I think that I, I think Amari Cooper goes to the Jets. All right. Lines would be interesting. Um, I'll make a couple of predictions here. Well, I'll talk about a guy I want first. Um, okay. 
for the Giants. And uh, the Giants don't have a ton of cap, but a guy who's kind of under the radar, who a lot of people aren't talking about, is Foye Olukun. He is the linebacker from the Atlanta Falcons who led the NFL in tackles last season. And I felt like even I had never mentioned his name one time because who watches the Falcons? I mean, no one cares. Um, but I think the Giants are going to try to move on from that massive Blake Martinez contract. And I think yeah. if they can get this guy a little bit cheaper, they're going to do that. And I think he is really good. If you watch his tape, he is all over the field and he's a tackling machine. The Giants haven't had a great linebacker since Antonio Pierce. So I would certainly welcome that. But to my predictions, Bobby Wagner, I think is going to sign with the Kansas City Chiefs. They need a commander of that defense that's not named Tyron Matthew. And Tyron Matthew is a free agent as well, but I think they could get Matthew more on a team-friendly deal. And if they brought Bobby Wagner in, we're, we're talking about a different style of a Chiefs team that could potentially have a dominant defense. Um, that would be absolutely massive uh, for them. And, and the other prediction I have, and I don't know how much I really want to buy into it, but and he's never played with a quarterback not named Tom Brady, and that's by design. But Rob Gronkowski has not said he's going to retire. And he's out there. You know where he's from by any chance? Arizona. He went to Arizona. Oh. He's not from Arizona. California? He is from Western New York. Oh, wow. I think he is going to go back home and sign with the Buffalo Bills and play his (laughs) old buddy Bill twice a year. (laughs) And I think he's going to play with Josh Allen and be a tight end, uh, two-headed monster uh, with (laughs) the tight end they already got up there. Uh, I think that would be an ideal spot for him, and and he would thrive with the Bills. So uh, I don't know where everyone else is going to sign. I don't pretend to know. Christian Kirk's going to get paid, too. He's another receiver who's going to hit this market and be out there. Uh, I expect Odell to re-sign with the Rams. I don't think he wants to leave. I think they want him back. Uh, the injury really hurts his value because I think he would have gotten paid if he didn't get hurt, uh, especially with the importance that he had uh, to the Rams down the stretch of the season. Um, and then you look at Von Miller. He's all over the place flirting with teams left and right. So I I, I think a Broncos reunion's in the works there for him. But I, I, you know, if some team offers him a ton of money, it'd be hard to see him not taking it. But it wouldn't shock me if he's back with Denver. Yeah, my three free agent predictions is Mr. Trubisky goes to the Saints. Okay. I, I think that is going to be a really nice fit for him. Um, Chandler Jones ends up signing with the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I, Melvin Ingram will not be a member of the Chiefs next year because I believe he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm going to steal this one from you. The Pittsburgh Steelers signed Jameis Winston. All right. I love it. <laughs> uh, I need some more Jameis back in my life. I need LASIK Jameis back and see what he looks like with, with that, now that he can see. Um, <laughs> so that leaves a ton of answers. What do, what does, what do the Bucks do with the quarterback position? Uh, do the Falcons start a contingency plan for Matt Ryan? Um, the Saints going to roll Taysom Hill out there? Who knows? Uh, what are the Colts going to do? I mean, there's a lot of question marks out there that need to be solved, and I'm interested to see what happens. Now, that leads to the question that Corey Richmond had earlier, and there's a ton of smoke around Mitch Trubisky signing with the New York Giants. Now, look, it's no secret. I love the New York Giants and my love has honestly have been rekindled. Now that Dave Gettleman is out of my life. Now that the idiot Joe Judge is out of my life, I'm suddenly back in bleeding blue once again, Matt Bushel. The trial separation is over. <laughs> I am traveling thousands of miles to Las Vegas to see these guys draft twice in the top 10. I'm very excited. Um, they could very easily ruin this, but look, I'm not trying to act like I think they're going to be great. They, they are now in a rebuild mode. This is sort of like 
when you have a tornado that hits area, <laughs> you need to rebuild. Um, they are certainly in that rebuild mode now, and it's going to take time. I, the Giants are very far away from being a relevant team when it comes to being competitive. But if Joe Shane, Brian Dayball can build something, I, I will be patient. If I can see a process, if I can see the wheel spinning, I will happily just enjoy the ride because eventually it will pay off, you know, in theory, if they, if they do the right things. Mitch Trubisky to me, this is the smoke here is because he was with the Bills. Obviously, Shane and Dable were with the Bills. But Mitch Trubisky threw literally less than 10 passes, never played. One of the passes was a terrible interception. Yeah. Is Mitch Trubisky all of a sudden that much better than Daniel Jones? Like, I don't think Daniel Jones is great. I don't think Mitch Trubisky is great. Like, I, I appreciate competition at its core, but I don't see the value in paying a guy more than $10 million to come in and maybe help spark the quarterback that you already have. Um, and yeah, if Daniel Jones gets hurt, Mitch is a hell of an upgrade over Mike Lennon. But at the end of the day, you're not winning regardless. So Mitch, I would explore other opportunities and other avenues to potentially be a starter and make more money elsewhere because there seems to be a ton of teams that have interest in you. The Giants are not in a position to succeed, and I don't think it's the best thing for Mitch. And honestly, I don't even think he's that much better than Daniel Jones. So I don't really want the Giants to make that move. I am going to take a flip side to this. I, I agree with you. I, th I think it would be dumb for Mitch to sign with the Giants literally makes no sense for his career because it's a team that can offer you what you could get on the open market that, you, that you're going to see you're going to see some very nice offers there but there's nothing on that roster to help you look good even if you sign a one-year deal it's a bad deal for Mitch to do that because then he has to reestablish market value I think that what drove up Mitch's value and why people are talking about it is because now people have finally seen how much of a fraud, how much of a piece of crap Matt Nagy was at coaching, how he wasn't able to scheme, use Mitch's talents. The fact that he took Matt Nagy's offense to the playoffs twice is unbelievable. Unbelievable. I think Mitch does some things well. And I think if you pair him with the right system, it makes a lot of sense. And Dayballs, I think, is an interesting person to pair him with because he might with Allen running the RPOs a little bit and having a running quarterback, it makes sense, but it's not that complicated to install RPOs into an offensive system. I think Mitch to the Saints makes a lot of sense because you have a dynamic running back in Alvin Kamara. You have a guy who catches everything thrown his way in Michael Thomas. You have a very good defense in New Orleans as well, as long as you don't turn the ball over. And Mitch is not a turnover machine. You know, Mitch, if anything, plays too cautiously. Um, his deep ball accuracy is really bad. I, I wouldn't want Mitch throwing bombs all day. And I think having a guy like Alvin Kamara and having a guy like Michael Thomas, I don't think either one of those guys excel at running deep routes and catching the ball deep. Um, Thomas obviously could, but yeah. you see a lot of these short routes that break for big yards. That's kind of the system that they run here. So to me, it makes perfect sense with the giants. I have no idea what they're going to do. You know, the, the offensive line's not great. They have issues along their skill position players. I don't believe in Kadarius Tony whatsoever. Um, Kenny Galladay, please, says, save me that line. I think they combined Tony and uh, Galladay combined for zero touchdowns past, this past season. As many touchdowns as you and I. <laughs> exactly. And we're doing a podcast. <laughs> we're uh, just talking about them. <laughs> that's right. So, no, I'm with you, Randy. I don't know how good Mitch is. I think he's better than – I'll take that back. I don't know how good Daniel Jones is, but I don't think Daniel Jones is as good as Mitch Trubisky is. I think there's things that Daniel Jones can do well, but everything that Daniel Jones was billed at 
in the coming out of Duke is the exact opposite of what we've seen in the NFL. Poor decision-making, poor ball security. Mitch ain't going to turn the ball over. Daniel Jones will. And I think that is the stark difference. There are things I'm sure Daniel Jones does better, but if you can't take ball, I would say, what's that? The deep ball, I would say. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. I think Daniel Jones has a more accurate arm at every level at short, medium, deep, but it doesn't matter if you turn the ball over. It just doesn't matter. And Daniel Jones is a turnover machine. So I think the Giants would rather have Mitch, but I don't think they're going to be able to get him. Yeah, to me, they're just – neither of them are long-term solutions, and I would just ride it out with the guy you got. And, and look, Mitch has so far in his career has played in Chicago and Buffalo. Go enjoy the warmth of New Orleans and play in a dome. Like, it's been been beneficial to Drew Brees and other quarterbacks. There's perks to playing in in good weather. It might hurt if you ever, you know, made a deep playoff run, but there are perks for your career and for your success. So I, I think New Orleans would be a good spot for him, and I would like him to do that. All right, Matt Bushnell, you know, it's been, it's been too long and it has been a long time for us. Now, I don't know what the schedule for us looks like going forward. I would like to go back to maybe once a week, talk about free agency, get you prepped for the draft. Um, But obviously our schedule is probably going to be a little bit up in the air going forward. So I'm not going to make any promises on some shows, but we still have other shows that go on. They've been, they've been carrying the life groups since our absence. So we got to give them some love now. Why don't you tell the folks about them? Yeah, we have Dong City and Baseball Life with Vince Betty and Henry Maldonado Jr. And we talked about it. There's baseball, 26 to 4 agreement on the approval of the CBA. So they're going to be going tonight. I absolutely going to tune into that. And I can't wait to hear about that. We Ray Williams is thrilled. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because now I got to reass- I got to take a look at some things. I canceled my MLB TV. So. Probably not going to be able to do that again this year, but we'll see. You know, maybe I'll pull some strings, pull a rabbit out of my hat. But with that being said, go White Sox. Can't wait to watch them win the World Series this year. Double or nothing. Double or nothing. <laughs> we could do that. Um, and then we move on to uh, Felipe and, well, Felipe Melissa and Austin Spiro. I'm not sure if Sean, I, I know I heard Sean Flannery on a, on a show or two. Um, try to listen to all the podcasts on iTunes. But um, Felipe and Austin, and if Sean's there, I'm sure they're going to have a lot of fantasy baseball to talk about now because now it's real. Fantasy baseball. Now we know drafts are for real. Now we know, okay, this is in place. Let's get ready to, you know, pick our players and everything. So they're going to give a lot of great insight. I love listening to them break down fantasy baseball as I have the number one pick in my fantasy baseball draft this year, Randy. I got five. Um. I got to see who the teams don't keep. I'm hoping somehow Corbin Burns or Jacob DeGrom make their way into the draft pool, but not looking likely. What White Sox are you going to reach for? <laughs> I already got my – so I'm not sure if I should reveal this, but I have five keepers. Two of them are White Sox. So okay. um, I have Luis Robert. Robert. Yep, I, I love – that's my guy. I believe him. They won. And Eloy Jimenez. So I'm going to keep Luis and Eloy. Um, some tough decisions on some other guys, but those are my guys. And honestly, I got Fernando Tatis Jr. as my son. White Sox, great. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Sorry, you're talking so much about the great White Sox. I got to remind you of the White Sox in the past. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think they had him for like six months before they traded him. Um, before you get Dong City, you get all the great baseball talk from me and Matt beforehand. Yeah. I'm glad we got the first crack at this. Yeah, we're the primer, baby. <laughs> and then obviously, um, you know, those guys go on Sunday. So I, I love catching them on iTunes. Sunday mornings are crazy. So when, when you have a bunch of kids, it's hard. And then Monday, I, I still believe the step back is going on Monday. Um, we are going to talk, I, well, they're going to talk about some NBA basketball that is, we're starting to see some teams separate themselves. The Lakers lose again. That looks like a free fall. The you Bulls, should have took me on that bet. Not speaking of a bet, you should have taken me on that one. Dude, I, I oh man, the Bulls are not looking good. I mean, but they're looking better than the Lakers are. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they're not a geriatric team, so that's good. <laughs> but anytime you got Tristan Thompson declaring himself a team leader, mm. it's not good. True. So, a, a, a wannabe Kardashian, and then we have. Um, I I don't know what else we have. Did you say Dong City? Because yeah, yeah, uh, we, we got Dong City tonight. Well, Vince says he doesn't know when because it's tax season too. So Henry's a busy man. Oh, but just be on the lookout. I, I made a promise that I didn't know I couldn't keep. But hey, uh, if you're in baseball life, it's pretty active over there. Be involved. Be on the lookout. Vince and Henry, all the takes, all the previews. Baseball season is here. It is going to be back. April 7th is opening day. And you got your defending champion, Atlanta Braves. They're going to be back. Like There's going to be a lot of talk. So just be on the lookout for Dong City. And I'm sure Dong City will be back on a regular schedule going forward. So I can't make any promises, but that's what Vince in the chat is saying eventually this week. They're going to have to do a prediction show. So I got to see those predictions. But, you know, maybe you do double duty. I'll have to go on. And, you know, I'm really interested in their predictions because maybe Henry will predict Giancarlo Stanton to win an MVP for a third consecutive year. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what I'm looking forward to the most. I <laughs> just got to get Stan, it. Stanton was probably the Yankees MVP last year, not for nothing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I got to see a Greg Bird take care. So someone's got to pick Greg Bird as comeback player of the year. Is he even going to get – is he already on the Rockies now? Is he gonna yeah, I think play? so. Oh, geez. Well, if anyone cares about the Rockies, let us know how he's going to be doing there in the minors. But it is time for us to say goodbye, Matt. It has been so good to catch up and to talk some foosball with you. It has been too long. Like I said, I mean, it, look, it is free agency next week. We'll, we'll, we'll do a show recapping all of the movement, all of the action. And then we'll, we normally do mock drafts. Maybe we'll have a different approach this year. We'll see. And then, you know, I will be in Vegas for the draft. Maybe you and I can do some situation. I don't know if you're going to be able to make the draft, but you know, at, We'll do something. Maybe me and Henry will be at the draft. We'll do something. We'll do a special edition on scene Vegas uh, draft edition. So hey, you guys we'll can keep be you all updated on that. What's that? You guys can be the remote reporters. You can be on site. Yes. And uh, obviously, Corey will be there with us. Corey Decker will be there. So there'll be a lot of life group representation. Leon said he wants to make an appearance as well. So we will have you covered. And hey, there's no limit to how far we can go under these life groups, baby. That is the life group difference. And I hope you're along for the ride because it's been a hell of a one. So thank you all so much for participating in the Facebook live comments. We know we kind of sprouted the show on you last second. So we appreciate the love there. If you're watching on the YouTube only channel, thank you so much. And if you're an audio only person, we appreciate the love there too. So thank you. Thank you. No matter where you are, however, you may be checking us out. Thank you for making us just a small part of your day. Matt Bushnell, you have any parting words for our audience today? Just make sure you tell your loved ones you love them and go White Sox. Well, amen to the first part of that, brother. On behalf of Matt Bushnell, I'm Randy Hammond saying we'll see you guys and enjoy baseball.